And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, March 19th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Greg Ehrenberg. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. We're staring a 10-game slate in the face. You've got the NCAA tournament kicking off today. Lots to talk about. NCAA basketball live before lock coming up immediately after this. So we are going to have to move pretty quickly through this 10-gamer. But I can only start one way. Greg, how are you? Uh, yeah, good. Like you said, we don't have a whole lot of time for uh, pleasantries here because we've got shorter time than usual than the than the NCAA tournament, which a little more impo- a little more important to everybody than our strategy show today, I assume. So, yeah, we've just got to power through these 10 games as quick as possible. What are you thinking about Spencer Dinwiddie chalk night tonight? Uh, I feel like he's not going to be chalk. Yeah, I, we might see an adjustment in the next minute or two. No one's going to get that joke, but it's fun to start with. Anyway... <laughs> Hit that like button in your way in the door, on your way in the door, uh, whatever. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, <laughs> hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. We'll touch on some no-house advantage stuff in a bit, but I think that we just need to simply get into it right now. Are you ready to kick it off? I am ready. All right, here we go. First game up, and it's a bit of a doozy, honestly. Uh, one of the two highest total games on the slate, Sacramento at Boston Celtics, seven point favorites at home Two thirty-four and a half and total is what I had before. I have no idea if it moved. My day starts too early for me to be updating this stuff again at seven o'clock in the morning, but it couldn't have changed that much. We will start on the Sacramento side. Not actually a ton that I'm liking here. We saw Nemanja Bialica be like a potential value play the last time out. Did not really get those minutes. Hassan Whiteside played significantly more than I was expecting. What are you looking at for the Kings in a pretty tough spot against Boston? Yeah, so, I mean, the other slate, Rashawn Holmes, or I guess two days ago, Rashawn Holmes was a chalk play at center. He was the most popular center play on the slate, and he he didn't end up having a, a big game. One of the reasons was because Hassan Whiteside played more than we were expecting. Uh, Hassan Whiteside was uh, coming back. He had a few-game absence. The other thing also is Rashawn Holmes fouled out, so that kind of forced uh, Hassan Whiteside to play bigger minutes. But still, I think they saw Whiteside capable of playing those minutes. Rashawn Holmes isn't somebody who... For most of the season, they've played 36, 37 minutes, but he had to do that for a short stretch of time. Uh, I expect that he goes back to his more normal minutes, and that we see him and Whiteside split the center minutes, as we saw happen earlier in the season. Uh, so also, Rashawn Holmes is a little more expensive than he was a couple weeks ago, so it makes him a much weaker play on this slate. Then we've got Terry's Halliburton. He's now playing full minutes, so that takes away from guys like Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes a little bit. Uh, And then De'Aaron Fox just kind of priced up at this point. So despite what the total of this game is, there's not a whole lot to like from a pricing perspective. And we've got 10 games to choose from. So Kings not as appealing as they would look as as you would think they are when you just look at the total. Yeah, this is mostly just De'Aaron Fox for me. Uh, Like I don't, I don't really see a ton of value elsewhere. I mean, like I don't mind getting a couple shares of Holmes. I think Barnes is fine. These guys are playing such big minutes, or at least some of these guys are playing such big minutes that I don't mind falling into it in this large total. But nobody is just immediately standing out as a value play. Uh, what are you doing for the split in minutes between Holmes and what I assume to be Whiteside only sharing the minutes at center? I went 32-16. Okay, I did the exact same thing. So we're on the same page there. Is there anything else we should really be touching on? on a, so on a 10-game slate, just to sum it all up, on a 10-game slate, uh, you really do have to pare down everything that you're looking at. Most guys on every team are not really all that viable. They're, you know, 1% owned type guys. So there's not a ton to touch on in a situation like this. 
bet on the, just assume that you can cut anybody below like 24 minutes out of a player pool, unless they're very high fantasy point per minute guys on a day like today. So to me, it's just Fox, a little bit of Holmes, a little bit of Barnes. That's really all I got. Is there anything else you want to touch on on Sacramento before we go to Boston? No. And the Boston side is actually one of the teams that I do like a decent amount for this league. Same. Same. So uh, let's head on over to Boston. Then we've got Tatum Brown Kemba back sat out on the back to back for the previous game. But I assume this is going to be business as usual. We saw Marcus smart get uh, some more minutes in that last game out with Kemba out. I just assume that he's slowly going to be at that mark. They're not going to, I don't think they'll roll him back now. So I gave Marcus smart 30 minutes, but Tatum Brown Walker, I think all three stand out. They look similar relative to salary on DK. I prefer Tatum and Brown on FanDuel in particular, Jalen Brown for 7,500. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so starting with Marcus Smart the last three games, he's played 19 minutes, 25 minutes, and 29 minutes. So I gave him 32 for this game. I'm assuming that he's just back to his normal minutes. And his price is way down. He is at 5000 on FanDuel. DraftKings, he's at 5300 So considering those salaries, I think Marcus Smart is one of the stronger mid-range plays on the slate. Uh, as long as he's going to get normal minutes, he's somebody who's discounted by you know about $1,000 or so versus where we normally see him. Uh, no interest in me from Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, both strong plays, uh, Jalen Brown in particular on, uh, FanDuel, like you said, at the 7,500 price point. One thing that's funny about, about Jalen Brown is the other slate I, there was a two days ago. I didn't like him all that much. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't even matter, even though he had a big game because the cheap small forwards were like, had such strong games. Like Larry Nance had, uh, had about the same fantasy point output for a much cheaper price. And the same one for Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, so Jalen Brown on a bigger slate where he's also slightly more expensive, I think is also a slightly more appealing play just because of the way that the slate shakes out, at least as of uh, 12 hours before lock or whatever we are now. I, I can't do it quick. Now, 10 hours, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think he's a good play. Uh, Jason Tatum's a good play. Marcus Smart. What did you do for Robert Williams and his minutes? Because he, uh, if he's going to break slates once he starts starting for Boston. Yeah, it's not ideal. So I gave him 22 minutes. Uh, I gave Tice 26. I gave Robert Williams 22. I think there's variability there. He's certainly a, a guy that you want to get to at least a little bit in some GPPs just because he's at 1.6 FanDuel points per minute over the past 30 days. He's in a matchup against Sacramento, which is about as good as it gets. I projected him for 1.4 for the game, 30 fan, 30 and a half fantasy points in 22 minutes on FanDuel, just truly insane rates. I like him as a GPP play. Our ownership just got updated. We haven't projected for 3% ownership on FanDuel, um, six on DraftKings. I'll take a couple shots on FanDuel, but uh, this is primarily just Tatum and Brown to a lesser extent, Walker and Smart. Yeah, uh, it's funny because when I'm doing Robert Williams minutes, I'm I'm not even doing it because I have no clue how much he's going to play. I'm trying to set it to a number to where I get some exposure to him, but not too much. Because if you give him 25 minutes, you end up with him as like the best center play on the slate. If yep. you give him 20 minutes, then it's just not enough playing time. Uh, so yeah, Robert Williams, I gave him 23 minutes and that's enough to at least where I'm going to get to him on both sites. Yeah, I, I'm anxious to see what they do with him moving forward because I think he sort of is the key to unlocking a better Celtics team if it breaks well I just don't know if he is ever going to be the type of guy that can support that sort of minute flu yeah we'll see I mean uh, supposedly he still has some lingering hip issues but I mean he's clearly the best center on the team I think anything else for Boston Sacramento nope uh let's let's do summary picks favorite play on FanDuel favorite play on DraftKings uh Jalen Brown on FanDuel and Jalen Brown on DraftKings there we go 
Jalen Brown on FanDuel. Kemba Walker, actually, on DraftKings for me. Well, here's a game that's a little bit less interesting. San Antonio Spurs at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavs slate dogs at home, 218 total. We are getting some ownership, though, so we do want to touch on these guys at least a little bit. Derek White projected for 25% ownership on both sites. We're seeing Keldon Johnson get a little bit of love. DeJounte Murray get a little bit of love. I do not agree with those ownerships. I do like the minutes that Derek White played the last time out. I haven't projected for 30 minutes and 30 fantasy points. That is not going to get me 24% of Derek White, though. What do you want to do with these Spurs against the Cavs? Yeah, so Derek White is weird. If you look at his last four games, he scored, or actually his last five games, we see the variance here. Eight fantasy points, 21, 41, 17, 34. Uh, the range of outcomes is pretty significant here. Even though he's such a high variance play, normally I'd look at that and I'd say that I don't think somebody like that is a cash play. But if he's going to be nearly 50% owned in cash games with that kind of variance, you're just going to lose if he has one of those ceiling games. So yep. if his ownership holds, I say play him in cash games, even though uh, there's been so much variance to his box scores. Uh, but yeah, Derek White, I, I think he's viable in GPPs. I agree with you, though. The ownership is a little bit too high for a 10-game slate. So yeah. we'll see how that adjusts uh, throughout the day. DeJounte Murray, I think, looks uh, also pretty decent on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, I prefer Murray on DK to FanDuel, uh, the slightly cheaper price point. Uh, and that uh, I've just found him. I don't know why, but just for some reason, when I've done my initial lineup builds just to see what it looks like, the kinds of exposure I get, I'm just getting to Murray more on DK than I am on FanDuel. I guess there's just more FanDuel plays that are uh, viable at the point guard position. Uh, yeah. And then Jakob Pertl is somebody who I've been on at center except to me now i think the price is just kind of fair and there's enough options that i'm not going to really get to him all, all that much yeah, i don't i don't mind getting to portal like i like some of those guys for san antonio but at best i can be like 10 percenters i'm really surprised to see white really take that push forward wouldn't be surprised at all to see that ownership come down to like the 14 15 range uh as we get a little bit more value opened up um on the cleveland side Oh, God, this team. So no Kevin Love, as we know. Uh, Larry Nance, our boy, 5,300 yep. on FanDuel. He is 5,200 on DraftKings. We have him projected for 7% ownership on FanDuel right now. We had this conversation before the show and on Live Before Locked uh, two nights ago about Larry Nance. I'm going straight back to him again. I think he's under owned once again. Are, do you feel the same way today? Yeah, like, I just don't get it. It's like the other day I was so confused by the ownership and what I had him projected for. I was like, am I missing something? So I went on live before. So when I was doing live before lock with you, I was like, there's a small forward I really want to talk about. And you're like, yeah, it's Larry Nance. I was like, yes, it's it's Larry Nance. So yeah. both of us liked him. And just, I guess nobody else knew that Larry Nance existed. And I, now we have to expect that he's going to play somewhere in the neighborhood of 36, 37 minutes. Last two games, he played 38 minutes. He played 37 minutes last game against Boston. And it's the same situation. It's a tight rotation. There's no Kevin Love. There's no Torian Prince. Andre Drummond is still banished from the team. So Larry Nance is going to play massive minutes once again, unless he gets into foul trouble. And he's a good point for him in fantasy producer. He's really cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings, and there's no ownership again. So yeah. Larry Nance is one of the best plays on the slate again. I gave him 33 minutes, and I still love him. And still want to, I still have him grading out as a 2X guy, which means that I would probably end up with like 25% Larry Nance on a 7% owned play. And I think that there is more minutes to come, potentially. Like, he could very easily play three more minutes in this game and make it look even better. 
I gave him 0.9 fantasy points per minute for the game. So it's not as if I think that I'm taking some huge stretch. Uh, It's just to me, Larry Nance is the clear best play from Cleveland relative to salary on either site. I don't mind getting to Allen or Garland or Sexton. Again, it's days, it's days like this where basically everybody that's a starter that's priced relatively normally is valid for five to 10% of your lineups. If you know, you're going to play North of 30 minutes, but Nance to me is the unquestioned best play coming out of Cleveland and best play in this game. Yeah. And your, and your minutes, I think are probably even light on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you also, it, like the other day, I almost regretted to an extent, because even though I had Larry Nance, so, uh, he was like 34% of my lineups. Uh, when we were talking about the minutes, I said, like, I'm giving him 34 minutes, and I think he's more likely to go over that number than under. And he did. And I don't see any reason to think that he's going to play less than that unless there's a foul trouble situation. I hope he gets traded at the deadline. He uh, can really I'm, help I, out some teams. Yeah, I hope he continues to play this role for Cleveland with the same ownership and price for the rest of the season. You and me both. Uh, are we in agreement Nance is the top play in this game, both sides? Yeah, especially relative to ownership. Easy. All right. Next game up, Detroit Pistons at the Houston Rockets. This game is like a giant shrug emoji, at least on half of it. But in in a way, it, it's also kind of obvious. So we'll start on the Pistons side. Uh, no Wayne Ellington, no Rodney Magruder. Both of those guys are uh, still out. Um on the Houston side, John Wall is questionable. Ben McLemore is questionable. Maybe DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson are questionable. Who knows? These guys are coming over now. Really don't know what to make of this team. They have like 27 other guys that are also out. We'll start on the Pistons side. Lots of love coming in here, and I'm curious your thoughts. I think a lot of these guys are projected as a bit overowned. so I'm curious where you stand. Jeremy Grant projected for about 30% ownership on both sides. I think he's a good play. I don't think he's that good. DeLon Wright projected for 27% ownership on FanDuel, 26 on DK. I think he's a good play. Not that great. Uh, Sadiq Bey coming off a banger, projected for 30% ownership on FanDuel. I think he's a good play. I don't want to have 30%. We've got Mason Plumley and Josh Jackson and Frank Jackson picking up love on DraftKings. Josh Jackson at 19.9% on FanDuel. Didn't even see the minutes bump in the last game with all these guys out. Where are you looking for Detroit? Because this Houston team is terrible, but not a great total for the game. All right. So I don't think there's nearly as much value as the public sees. It's not to say that some of these guys aren't viable, but I mean, I don't, I don't think these guys should be the chalk. I think something that's going overlooked here is that Dennis Smith Jr. is coming back. So I don't think that Dennis Smith Jr. is just going to jump into, you know, like 28 minutes or anything like that, but him just being in the mix like Frank Jackson started last game and played 31 minutes. If I knew Frank Jackson was going to play 31 minutes at min price on DraftKings, I would have been all over him, but I I wasn't the other day. And now people are jumping on him. And I think with Dennis Smith Jr. coming back, it's, it's hard to find a massive amount of minutes for Frank Jackson. Then Saban Lee is still in the mix. I don't think he's going to fall out of the rotation altogether. Josh Jackson, who, I mean, he played fairly well on a points per minute basis last game, but also it's not like he played a ton. He played 24 minutes and now we're adding Dennis Smith Jr. back into the mix. So I think that's, I mean, that's a cluster right there that I think it's pretty hard to see anybody really stand out above anybody else. The only guy who I'm really getting to at a high amount right now is uh, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, same. Uh, Jeremy Grant to me is the best option. I think DeLon Wright also looks good on FanDuel, but not if he's 27% owned. I mean, to me, that's just way too high of a number. I see Detroit as a significantly over-owned team. I still want to get to some of these guys, but not nearly at the volume that the public is projecting. Something I'm going to keep my eye on. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the starting lineup is too. So like for, if Frank yeah. Jackson starts again, then yeah, I'll have interest in him more so on DraftKings where he's so cheap. But yeah. uh, if he comes off the bench, I mean, it's just so many guys that have to get minutes. Yeah, and let's not forget, Frank Jackson stinks. Like he's yeah. like a 0.75 <laughs> fantasy point per minute guy. Uh, I don't want to get too crazy on him. Super chat from Andrew Kang said, what's up guys? Massive Westbrook and Mitchell per your advice. Cashed. Awesome. Thanks guys. Who do you prefer in their prime? Jason Kidd or Dwayne Wade? Oh, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, I think, is the best season in NBA history of a play uh, that didn't win an MVP. Uh, oh, nine, eight, two thousand. It was uh, the Shaq season, the title season, right? Yeah, he his numbers were ridiculously good. Oh, he would, it was, it was incredible. Um, I'll take Jason Kidd, but that's close to me. Is it peak 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 Wade that uh, it was oh eight oh nine? That was such yeah. a good season. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I'd be happy to take either one of these guys. I, I think I could build a better team around Jason Kidd if I can make prime Jason Kidd shoot more threes. Obviously, Dwayne Wade not much of a three point shooter. That is something that's weird about Jason Kidd is if you put all of Jason Kidd's tools together over the course of his career, then you do get like a ridiculously good player, but there was just different parts of his game that picked up at different points. Like he, there was a point in his career where he couldn't shoot threes at all. And then he was a really good three point shooter at the end of his career. So is there anything that we could actually do to talk about Houston right now? Or is this just a wait and see approach? I have wall in, um, you know, I've got a nine man rotation no one's grading out as like a really good play. Is there anything you see from Houston that you want to keep your eye on because you think it ends up being good? No, the only thing I would say is if we find out that like Christian Wood is totally unrestricted, then I think that he would be viable on FanDuel at 8,100. He played really well on a points per minute basis uh, in his first game back. And that was the, the first time he played in a really long time. And he ended up getting 26 minutes, scored 35 fantasy points. So if we find out that he's going to play 30 plus minutes, then I'd have interest in him on Fandle. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. I don't just, I just don't know what to say about a team where potentially half the rotation is questionable right now. Right. Uh, look, we're going to have multiple hours of NBA coverage coming up, tip off show, deeper dive live before lock. And we have seven more games to get through speculating on a team with multiple questionable guys today is not really going to get us anywhere. And even if these guys end up in, then they're really not that great of a spot. So Goodbye, Houston. That's all I've got. Favorite play in this game, I assume we're just coming from Detroit, and it's Jeremy Grant? Yeah, it's Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant. It could end up being somebody on Houston yeah. if, you know, if like if John Wall is out, if Christian Wood is limited, DJ Augustine's out, DJ Wilson, Ben McMorrow out, then yeah, like I'm sure I like Victor Oladipo a lot, but I just have no, I have no clue who the hell is playing for them right now. Dude, if DJ Augustine is in, he might end up being a really good play. Yeah, he can end up starting for them. <laughs> so, like, he can play 28 <laughs> minutes at point guard and be the best play on the Rockets. Just keep an eye on it, guys. All right, so we've got three games up, three games down. I already mentioned at the lead, at 11 a.m., the moment we finish this show, college basketball live before lock, Ben Raza, Matt Kajeski, taking you up to the tip of the NCAA tournament. You don't want to miss that. 3 p.m., NHL strategy show with Jake and Cliffy. Then 4.30 p.m., Greg, you are back for the NBA tip-off show with Spags. 5.15, we get the boss man, Alex Baker, Ship my money, Adam Share, doing the deeper dive uh, for about an hour and 15 minutes or so. And then NBA Live Before Lock, 
E Mac and Terry taking you all the way up to 7:30 and beyond for a little bit of extra super draft discussion. Then 9 p.m. Spags is back again for the late live before lock show with Eric. Lots of content coming out of the awesomo.com. Uh, I don't know, bubble stratosphere. I don't know. I don't know what word I'm looking YouTube for. YouTube channel. Yeah, sure. YouTube <laughs> channel. That works. Guys, I'm tired, man. I need a break. Anyway, no giveaways right now. Shamrock ended uh, two days ago, but keep your eyes peeled for, you know, Twitter giveaways and Instagram giveaways and all that good stuff. Check out our podcast feed. Um, you can subscribe to every show that we have on our podcast feeds, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can subscribe to individual sports. So if you just want NBA, you can do that. If you just want MLB, which is going to be coming up soon, you can do that. Um, we've got podcast feeds all over the place. Subscribe to all of them. Leave us reviews. You can win some free stuff. Who wouldn't want free stuff? Cool. Another team I have no idea how to talk about. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors at the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies, nine and a half point favorites, 223 total because Steph Curry is out or Doubtful, at least. Kelly Oubre, doubtful. James Wiseman, Eric Paschal, both out. I have zero idea what's going on here other than the fact that, boy, oh boy, do I like Andrew Wiggins today. 5,200 on FanDuel, 6K on DraftKings. And after that, we need to just start talking about hypotheticals. I think Nico Mannion at 3,500 and 3,200 on FanDuel and DK, respectively. It's a really nice value play, particularly on DraftKings. Not there yet, but we'll see where that ends up. Jordan Poole, Kent Bazemore, Damian Lee, Kavon Looney. I didn't even say Draymond Green's name yet, but I will say this. I don't think it's a good thing that Steph and Oubre and Wiseman to a lesser extent, I don't think it's a good thing for Draymond that those guys were out. Yeah, so the thing about Draymond is so much with fantasy production as the latest come from his assist totals. And it's hard to say like, like what, like Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole are just going to start knocking down a bunch of shots off Draymond Green passes. Like Draymond Green is definitely viable because yeah. if the Warriors are competitive in this game, which I don't even know how likely that is, I, I, I think the eight point spread could probably used to be wider with all these guys who are out for, for the Warriors is that it Draymond Green might have to play 38 minutes tonight. So I think just based on that and not all that high of a price tag, I mean, he's mid six K range on both FanDuel and DraftKings. So that is going to make him viable. Uh, I guess how much I want to get to him is going to depend on what his ownership ends up being as we get uh, later into the slate. And yeah, I I, I don't know what to expect from Warriors starting lineup. So we know Draymond Green is going to start. Andrew Wiggins is going to start. I assume Looney starts at center. I have no clue who the other two starting spots go to. I would guess they have no idea as well. It couldn't truly be anybody. I would say Poole is probably the most likely guy out of everybody else. And I would say Bazemore is probably my other favorite to fill those two spots. But I don't have a clue, man. I don't. Thank God this game's at 8 o'clock and not at 10 o'clock. Does it it really matter all that much? Like, clearly, yes, it does. But a couple guys are just going to be seeing more minutes by default. They're missing so many dudes that low-priced value guys are popping up here. Who are you putting your eye on right now? Is it Jordan Poole? Yeah, I like I like Jordan Poole's played really well when he's gotten on the court, but Steve Kerr yeah. seems to do whatever he can to not give Jordan Poole minutes. Like we saw this situation with the Warriors pop up when they arrested a bunch of guys right before the All-Star break, and he started Nico Mannion at point guard. It was a slate where a Brad Wanamaker was chalk going into it, and then Nico Mannion ended up starting. It was pretty easy to just swap Brad Wanamaker shares to Nico Mannion. Uh, but Jordan Poole, to me, is the best of those guys. And if we look at Jordan Poole's production for the year, 
he's scoring over fantasy over a fantasy point per minute. He's playing uh, 12.8 minutes per game, scoring 13.8 DraftKings points. If Jordan Poole draws the start, he's the best value play on the slate. Uh, I'm just not sure that's the way that that Steve Kerr is going to go. Yeah, so right now I am leaning to Nico Mannion, 3,500 on FanDuel, 32 on DK. I gave him 28 minutes. Uh, he's been a .85 guy over the past 30 days. Uh, I basically have him projected in that same spot, and that is enough to get him to be a very, very essential value play. But Wiggins, I think, is the easiest option to get to here. He's going to see as much usage as he wants. We we know what we used to see for Wiggins when people would be out for Minnesota. He would get the lion's share of the work, and I think that happens again. 5,200 on FanDuel, 6K on DraftKings. I'm totally cool with both of those prices. Yeah, it's definitely too cheap for Wiggins. And the other thing, too, is Wiggins has been fairly passive this year, and a lot of the thing is just because he's playing with Steph Curry, and I think that's part of how the Warriors are – building their team like Wiggins has been such a high usage guy with kind of empty stats for a lot of his career that I think they've kind of said to him like hey we don't want you taking shots at the expense of Steph Curry taking shots uh but I think that he's going to be forced to take shots tonight I mean if we look at the usage for Wiggins post all-star break I mean it's been fairly low especially considering what we saw from earlier last handful of games 15 17 21 22 22 20 23 percent usage and that number is probably going to, I would be fairly surprised if it's not over 30% today. All right, see, uh, works for me. I went to 27 and I felt like I just wanted to be trying to be, you know, be normal to start. And uh, that still got me tons and tons of Wiggins. So I like it. Anything else you want to touch on from Golden State? No, the best value players is going to depend on the starting lineup. And it's a little tough to predict right now. So for Memphis, uh, they had a bit of a starting lineup change. They moved Grayson Allen into the starting lineup the last game. Uh, Kyle Anderson played 31 minutes. Joe Val and Brandon Clark split all of the center minutes, basically straight down the middle. Tillman didn't see the floor. I don't really trust this Memphis rotation pretty much ever, but I do like John Morant for 7,500 and 7,600. I am interested in Joval. Uh, this Golden State team is not really set up to deal with him right now. Like, obviously, Draymond Green is a fantastic defender. He it does not have the physical ability to hang with Jonas Valanciunas. It's just not a thing. So you would think they'd have to lean on Looney a little bit more. Otherwise, Joval should be in a good spot. And I think if Kyle Anderson can see some additional run, 4,900 on FanDuel, 5,100 on DraftKings, I don't mind that position and that price tag I don't really want to try to sift through the Desmond Bain, Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton stuff. I'd rather just treat those guys like they don't exist. What are you doing with Memphis? Uh, small amount of GPP exposure to Jonas Valanciunas, small amount of GPP exposure to John Moran, and no interest anywhere else. I just think there's going to be better plays that open up. And just the the minutes are so difficult to predict for Memphis. I finally thought we were going to see Valanciunas start to play a healthy amount of minutes. That's the way it looked like he was trending. He came he came out of the all-star break just crushing. And I was like, all right, we're going to get 32 minutes per game out of Jonas Valanciunas. Okay. Last game, competitive game against the Heat. The, Mem- the Grizzlies end up winning the game by four points. Uh, Valanciunas plays 23 and a half minutes and scores 21 and a half fantasy points. So there's still the, the same issue with Valanciunas. If he plays 32 minutes, there's high upside but the minutes are all over the place. There's no real rhyme or reason to the minutes being what they are. And this is a team that plays a deep rotation. So very low priority on these guys, but I think there's upside in Valanciunas' price point that makes him being worth like a 5% guy or something like that. And I feel the same about Morant and nothing else that I'm, that I'm going to get exposure to. I don't think. I actually like Morant quite a bit here against Golden State. They just don't, 
I think he could be in a really nice spot. 34 minutes is where I have him at 7,500 on FanDuel. We're only projecting him for 6% ownership. I really like that in a large field GPP today. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's about a fair uh, about fair ownership. That, and I just don't know that Memphis is going to have to play their their starters uh, extended minutes to win this game. That's fair. Uh, favorite play from this game, FanDuel and DK? Uh, Wiggins and Wiggins, and then potentially Jordan Poole if he starts. He would then end up being the guy that I think I'd get to the most. So if I'm being technical, it is Andrew Wiggins on FanDuel and Nico Mannion on DraftKings, but uh, all bets are off, at least for a little bit. Yeah, it's going to depend on that starting lineup and who the hell knows right now. Keeping it moving. Uh, John Axis is asking a question in chat, and I I think it's a pretty easy answer, so I do want to hit on it. Why is Grayson Allen starting over Melton? It makes no sense. Uh, There's not a lot of utility for DeAnthony Melton to be in the starting lineup alongside John Morant. Um, What he does best is probably not best suited for a lineup that has Dylan Brooks and John Morant in it and Joval. Melton is just perfectly suited to be coming off the bench. He's basically just like Memphis's Jordan Clarkson, as far as I'm concerned. Just, you know, a different style player and everything, but you need that scoring on the second unit. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, is I, I think that it makes sense just to have Grayson Allen as a floor spacer in that mm-hmm. in that starting unit and a guy who could play off the ball because Melton is somewhat of a ball-dominant point guard. Right. Uh, and, yeah, it, it just I, I don't think that him playing off guard alongside Morant works, at least not in theory. Um Melton isn't the best fit for this team. Memphis just has, we've talked about them that we would like them to make a trade and maybe upgrade somewhere like flip three pieces into one. Cause yeah, I mean, they have, they have like a 12 man rotation. They run some nights and they just have a bunch of guys who they're given, you know, like eight to 12 minutes to. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a decent problem to have if you're Memphis. This one should be pretty quick. Indiana at Miami, Miami, four and a half point favorites, 215 total. We'll start on the Indiana side where DeMontis Sabonis is projected for 12% ownership on FanDuel. The next highest owned guy on either site is Justin Holiday at six and a half percent. I will get to some Karis LeVert at 5,600 on FanDuel. He's still underpriced as far as I'm concerned, not nearly as egregious as it's been. I don't mind getting to Sabonis because he flashes the sort of upside that he put out there two nights ago where he's got a triple-double in the middle of the third quarter. Otherwise, this is a terrible fantasy game. Indiana-Miami is a bit of a slog, and these guys' prices are pretty much appropriate. So I don't really want much of Indiana. I think they're mostly fully unplayable on DraftKings. Yeah, the the best play on FanDuel here is Karis. The best play on this team in general is Karis LeVert on FanDuel. One thing also that's uh, pretty encouraging, if you look at his minutes for the last three games since coming back, uh, 27 minutes, 29, 34 last game. So He's full go now. I assume we're going to continue to see Karis LeVert play somewhere in the neighborhood of 33, 34 minutes per game. So his FanDuel price point, too cheap. Uh, I still think going forward, he's going to take away from Sabonis and Brogdon. Obviously, it didn't happen last game. Sabonis uh, still crushed. But long term, I have to think that Sabonis is a lesser fantasy producer with Karis LeVert playing 33, 34 minutes per game. Uh, and then also just bad fantasy game, bad, bad fantasy environment anyway, 215 and a half total. Uh, two teams that play at a slow pace. So I, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of scoring in this game. Uh, Karis LeVert on FanDuel, he's a go. Sabonis, mild interest just because he's been so good. But still, I think that's going to come down going forward as production. Iggy and Avery Bradley, both questionable for Miami, but I don't even think it matters. I think you could play some Bam Adebayo at 8K on FanDuel. That price is just a little bit too low for his actual talent level. 
if you want to pay up to 10-6 for Jimmy Butler on FanDuel, that's a pretty big ask. He's only 9,500 on DraftKings. Looks a little bit better there, but I see Miami is basically unplayable as well. Kelly Olynyk had been getting huge minutes. Uh, I think he played 19 the last time out. I don't trust this team at all. It's a, it's a really bad matchup. If you get to Bam or Butler because of their actual talent level, kudos. Otherwise, I don't really want much of this game. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's too expensive for me. Now we have Bam Adebayo back. Butler's playing out of his mind when Bam was out, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, there's just extra usage and playmaking duties for him without Adebayo. The other thing, too, is that he were in a place in the standings where they really needed to win games to – like they were, they be they got to a spot where like five thirty and project them as a fifty fifty team to make the playoffs as of like three weeks ago. They were they were below five hundred, and it was kind of a thing where Jimmy Butler was coming back from uh, COVID, I think it was if I remember correctly. But the team was in a hole, and Jimmy Butler really had to go almost like his finals mode. It was like, all right, Jimmy Butler's playing thirty eight minutes per game, doing everything for this team because if they didn't start winning games, they were going to fall out of the playoff picture. But now his price is at his ape, at, at its apex. Bam Adebayo is back. It's a bad game environment, so no Jimmy Butler for me. Uh, Bam Adebayo is my favorite play on this team on FanDuel and DraftKings, but that's not yeah. saying much. I agree. 400 people in here, only 70 likes. Guys, hit that thumbs up. Helps us out a ton. We need to run that number higher. And then subscribe to the channel. We still want the subs. Just because we hit 50K doesn't mean we want to stop. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say this on the stream. Schmodo Schminders, one of our uh, competitors, we have them in our sites for YouTube channel subscribers. I shouldn't have to tell you guys how ridiculous it is that we are about to catch them. It's no surprise. The best in the business, you climb a little bit faster. But help us get there a little bit quicker. I, I can't touch this Miami-Indiana game. It's, it's, it's really just unappealing. Uh, Karis LeVert on FanDuel, though. Uh, Bam out of bio on DraftKings. I'm, I, I, do like, I do legitimately like Karis LeVert on FanDuel. Uh, I actually prefer Bam on FanDuel to Karis LeVert, but those are the only two guys that I'm truly preferring. Uh, and then on DraftKings, I don't even have one. It's Jimmy Butler is the <laughs> highest ranked guy, but I would not. I don't think that I would have him at all. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to actually get exposure to anybody on DraftKings either. But uh, Bam out about at least first price point seems viable if I was playing, if I end up playing like 150 lineups on DraftKings today. If it's less than that, then probably not. We should be able to zip through this one pretty quickly. Brooklyn at Orlando. Brooklyn, eight and a half point favorites in Orlando. That line could be 15, depending on how the rest of Orlando breaks. Uh, not a great total. James Harden, 11-3 on FanDuel, 11K on DraftKings. He looks good to much better than good, depending on which site you're looking at. I will have no problem getting to James Harden. I don't think Kyrie is all that appealing today, 9,100, 9,300. But again, it's he's fine I will not be rostering anybody else from Brooklyn. Do you have anything else that I'm missing from the Brooklyn Nets? No, James Harden is a good payup option, and how much I get to him is going to not depend on James Harden. It's going to depend on how much value opens up on the slate and how easy it is to get to him. But James Harden himself is, uh, to me, I, I'm pretty sure I have him as my favorite payup option on the slate. Yeah, uh, there's there's nobody I have projected for more fantasy mm. points than him. I prefer Luka, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Harden's too though so it's not like he's like miles away yeah it's just Harden and maybe a little Kyrie for Orlando uh, who knows if Aaron Gordon plays today on the back-to-back -back. James Ennis questionable Michael Carter Williams questionable Terrence Ross questionable if you want to play Vooch go ahead I can't there's nothing to say about Orlando right now you get out we got to wait for this news they're on a back-to-back -back. we have no updates this this team could have four dudes out uh, you know Terrence Ross they could all play I don't know 
I didn't think that Aaron Gordon was going to be able to play yesterday to be functional. He came back like a couple of days ago and was only able to play like 12 minutes or whatever that ended up being. Now, yesterday he was the backup point guard. I don't trust this Orlando team, so I am staying far away until we get any injury updates. Yeah, uh, one thing I'll say is uh, Chasen Randall started yesterday. He ended up playing uh, a decent amount of minutes. And if we're going to see a bunch of these guys out again, and also Aaron Gordon, I assume Aaron Gordon doesn't play. They've been really cautious with him. Orlando, yeah. they started the year well. They looked like a playoff team. Then everybody got hurt. Markel Fultz out for the season. And now they're at a point where they're just kind of punting the season, it looks like. So I don't see any reason they're going to play Aaron Gordon. So if a bunch of these other guys get ruled out and Randall starts again, uh, 3,400 and 3,600 on DK and FanDuel, he would, he'd be a viable uh, value option. Vucevic, a good payup option at center, and everything else is just wait and see who plays. Uh, James Harden and James Harden? Yes, James Harden, James Harden. Utah Jazz at the Toronto Raptors. Jazz five-point favorites in Toronto. For the Jazz, they get Mike Conley back, so they are back at full strength. I think we could probably put them to bed pretty quickly. Mitchell getting 17% ownership on FanDuel at 8K. I agree with it. No one getting any ownership on the DK side other than Conley at six and a half. I would play some Gobert on FanDuel at 8,500 just because. But otherwise, it's Mitchell, a little bit of Gobert. I probably won't be getting to any Utah. No, and I mean, we saw Jordan Clarkson disappointed as a chalk play yesterday. Joe Ingles was massive for them, except Joe Ingles is going to return to a more marginalized role now that Mike Conley's back. Uh, maybe they regret resting Mike Conley after losing that game to Washington yesterday. But I mean, this is a this is a game now where we're starting to see them healthy again, you know, Conley being back in and just the opposite of what we look for in a value situation where a key guy was out, now a key guy returns. Uh, so nothing that I really like here. Actually, I think Mitchell's going a little bit too highly owned. Ooh, too highly owned. Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I agree with you. I have him at thirteen percent, and he's at seventeen, but uh, I'll still get there. One point two five fantasy points per minute over the last thirty days. He's been playing a little bit better. Yeah, still, it's the tail end of a back to back. I look at some of the other guys in the price point. Uh, well, also, this depends on I, I have John Wall out for now, so that has uh, Victor Oladipo looking better for me at the moment to uh, Donovan Mitchell. And then okay. as a payup option, I'd rather get to, like, Zach Levine isn't that much more expensive. Uh, he's only $600 more than Donovan Mitchell, so I prefer him. Uh, I also prefer paying up to James Harden. So there's just other guys I like more than Mitchell. OG Ananobi is officially back for Toronto. Whether or not he plays today, I have no idea. I have him in. But um, the highest owned guy we have on this Raptors team right now is Kyle Lowry at 4%. I, the highest guy that came out of my Sims was Kyle Lowry at 6%. I will not be rostering anybody for Toronto today. Yeah, nothing to see here. Uh, this is a team that was dealing with COVID, and they had uh, Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell basically were forced to play massive minutes, huge usage. They'd do everything for this team. Uh, Pascal Siakam was out. Fred Van Fleet was out. OG Ananobi was out. And other guys were out who were not going to play minutes anyway, so they don't matter as much. But still, with Ananobi back, and now also Van Fleet and Siakam, I assume, with no minutes restriction at this point. And then we also factor in a difficult matchup against Utah. Uh, I think this is one of the least appealing teams on the slate. Favorite in this game, FanDuel and DraftKings? I, I don't know. This is terrible. I, I don't, I, favorite is such a strong word. Uh, I'm just I'm not playing anybody really significantly from uh, FanDuel or DraftKings. If I had to pick somebody, it's Mitchell, but I don't even like Mitchell relative to what his ownership is. So there are no favorite plays for me. So Donovan Mitchell on FanDuel, I think, is, an, uh, is a solid option. 
I don't have one on DraftKings. It is technically Donovan Mitchell on DK. If I gave Pascal Siakam or Kyle Lowry an extra like 15 seconds of playing time, he might pass them, but they all suck. So three games to go. We've got 20 minutes left. So I think we're moving through this one at a rate that I'm pretty happy about. Um, I do need to touch on no house advantage, at least for a little bit. They are the presenting sponsor of this show. Very different DFS product. We're not talking about fantasy points. We're not talking about salaries. We're talking about player props, whether that's NBA, MLB, NFL, PGA, you are picking props that no house advantage provides ranking them in confidence intervals, and then hoping that you score the most points. The good news for you, we're bringing you guys the goods and it's free. We have Alex's projections spitting out no house advantage, best props for you. That's just all exists. Not only that, we have no house advantage, optimal lineups for you all for free on the website. So go to awesome.com to check that out. Go to no house advantage and sign up. Use the promo code awesome. Get yourself a first match to bonus first match deposit bonus of up to $20. Beat your friends, not the house. Win big with player props today. That's no house advantage. And then free content for today, NBA projections. It's a big one on a Friday. You get the full goods from the boss man today. NHL ownership is free. Make sure you're watching the NHL strategy show. Uh, get a little bit more of the deets from man, Jake Hari. Jake, I get to see you soon. I know you're not watching an NBA show right now, but we are not too far away from MLB content. I finally get to see Jake again. MMA top fighters are free today. And then super draft projections are also free today. Three games to go. Let's close this one out strong. Chicago Bulls at the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets seven and a half point favorites. Decent total. Uh, not a lot to like here, actually, from Chicago, at least not for me. Zach Levine's at about 10% ownership on FanDuel. Markinen is about 10% on DraftKings. No one else really picking up much ownership, but the way that my data looks, I have Chicago as one of the worst possible teams to roster today. If I were filling out the syllabus, they would be my team to fade. What do you want to do with Chicago? Uh, marginal interest in Zach Levine. His price has come down on FanDuel. He's been in the mid to high 9,000 range for most of the season, and now he's at 8,700 for tonight. Uh, actually, 8,700 both FanDuel and DraftKings. So he is my favorite player from Chicago, but that's kind of by default because nobody else looks really all that appealing. Uh, Thaddeus Young finally played normal minutes as a starter last game, except something that we've talked about uh, a couple times, I think, over the last week is that his minutes have been really strange since moving into the starting lineup. He went from a yeah. guy that was playing 26 to 28 minutes per game to started and played 22 minutes, 22 minutes, and then 31 last game. So I have no trust in his playing time. Uh, they also started, they mixed up the starting lineup at halftime of last game. Uh, they moved back to Wendell Carter Jr. So uh, that's that's a potential thing that could happen. We could see Wendell Carter Jr. start. Um, so I don't know what to make of this team. What do you think the starting lineup is going to be? I'm going to assume they do the same thing that they've been doing. I have no idea. They should be starting Wendell Carter Jr. I don't know why they don't, but... I'm going to assume it's the same. I gave Wendell Carter Jr. 22 minutes. If he is starting and we can project him for 28, he's probably a little bit viable. I, ha I have a gut feeling he's going to start tonight. Do you want to get to him if he does? Yes. Uh, I, I just I, It's just hard to say that I feel good about it now because I don't know what the starting lineup is going to be. But yeah, if he starts, I'm, I'm going to like him. And I just think that's something to pay attention to because I think there's a chance that he ends up starting. Well, 
keep that in mind. Um, it's a later game, so I don't know if that's going to be something that we can actually have that is actionable by the time we get there. But uh, keep your eyes peeled for it because starting lineups are huge pieces of information. Do you have anything else for Chicago that you want to touch on? No, I agree with you. Overall, this is a pretty a pretty weak team to uh, get to. On the Denver side, this one's kind of fun for me. So Jokic is Jokic. I think he looks good at 11K or 10-6. They don't really have anybody really set up to deal with him on Chicago. If you want to get to Nikola Jokic, by all means, I think he looks pretty good. Jamal Murray is 6,500 on FanDuel, 7,400 on DK. His price has been in a bit of a free fall, but he's actually playing well. 1.12 fantasy points per minute on FanDuel over the past 30 days. Uh, I, I touched on him a little bit on the process show. I had him projected very similarly relative to salary as Chris Paul. But the difference between Jamal Murray and Chris Paul in a GPP is huge. The standard deviation on Jamal Murray's performance, massive. Chris Paul, ultra, ultra consistent. Jamal Murray is the type of guy that I want to get in GPPs. And when his price comes down, it usually is because he hasn't been playing well. And then he's going to pop off for a big one. Now we can get him there. I think that he should be significantly more owned than he is. I really like Murray. I like getting to Porter as well at 6,500. Minimal minutes the last time out, but only 7% ownership. Jokic, Murray, Porter, I'm in for all three today. And the other thing, Denver, sneaky playing really well lately. They uh, they look like they're going to be able to elevate themselves out of the playing game and probably get into one of the top six in the West. They've won something like seven of their last eight games. I don't hey, if you care, the waiting room for the top shot pack just opened. Oh, I'll, I'll get into it later, okay. uh, but it, you got an hour and 15 minutes, but yeah. just to that's relative good, important information. Yeah. I, sure. I appreciate Hey, it's free money. I appreciate the heads up for it, sure. It is. Uh, it's, 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 it's actually people going on to top shot and trying to get a pack better EV than we could offer anybody in DFS because yeah. uh, there's no way we could guarantee somebody's like five X their, their DFS money today. But uh, that would be a case. We get a top shot pack. Um, but Jamal Murray, 6,500. I just don't understand the price on FanDuel. Like, even last game, he was 6,800 against Charlotte. And I was like, well, that's too cheap a price. He scored 40 fantasy points that game. And he didn't play in the fourth quarter because they they just smashed the Hornets. So, I mean, he was somebody who was probably going to score in the neighborhood of 50 fantasy points. So, he got a full full lob in a minute. So, I don't understand why his price went down even further from that. Uh, no. It's just the salary makes no sense. Nah, I, I truly don't get it. Uh Favorite, do you have anything else for Denver? No, I'll just say favorite play on DraftKings is Jokic. Favorite play on FanDuel is Murray. Favorite play on FanDuel, I agree, is Murray. And on DraftKings, I actually do have Murray by a hair, but it's Murray and Jokic, and then it's everybody else. Reasonable. Two to go. This one's weird. Minnesota at Phoenix. Phoenix 11-point favorites, 231 total. The Timberwolves took out the Phoenix Suns last night. Lots of scoring in the fourth quarter. Only to my detriment, including the man that I've been taking a steaming dump on for the past week, Anthony Edwards, just shooting and shooting and shooting. Uh, Looking a little bit better here. That said, I still don't like the matchup against Phoenix. I don't care what happened yesterday. Uh, No one on Minnesota is projected for more than 8% ownership. I actually think that you could probably get to a little bit more of Towns and Edwards in this spot. Rubio is going fully unowned. Revenge narrative to Phoenix, who knows? I'll have a little bit of Towns and Edwards, but this is not a spot I want to go too crazy. I think they uh, it course corrects for yesterday. Edwards is getting really good really quickly, though. Like, he went from a guy who was uh, not good at the beginning of the year that had some, like, really cool dunk highlights to all of a sudden over the last 
what like two three weeks now like playing like legitimately well and something that i don't think is some parts of it are fluky like i don't think he's going to continue to be a guy who shoots 43 percent from three but yeah. i think he's just going to be good going forward like i think he's i think he's going to be one of the uh like i don't know how many players in the league like under the age of 23 i'd want over him there was a whole bunch Ooh, like I, got, there was a I, whole I bunch. still have a whole bunch there was a whole bunch a month ago there's a lot less now he's at least in the top 12 or so defense will be everything for him I don't know if he is going to be an efficient enough offensive scorer, but he has been significantly better. Like he had a stretch of seven straight days where he was averaging like 0.8 points per shot attempt. That is just truly atrocious. Uh, These past five games though, somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.1, if he can get to like average efficiency, I think that is really nice at some high usage. Um, If he can be like, I think defense will carry him to where he wants to be. Otherwise he could just end up being, I don't know, sort of like the new Zach Levine for Minnesota. Well, Zach Levine's having one of the most efficient scoring seasons for a guard in the history of the league. So he, he uh, did, well, yeah, but like we did not see that coming two years ago. He was a just dead last defender who was a little too shot happy. He's been fantastic from an offensive perspective, but I could see Anthony Edwards falling into a path where he is Minnesota's Zach Levine for like the first two or three years of Zach Levine. And it's problematic, anxious to see where it truly ends up. Uh, he's looking a lot better as of late. I like it. Uh, in the interest, uh, one thing I, I, I want to bring up really quick, because we we're doing pretty good on time now, but yeah, what the hell is going to happen with shots when Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell come back? That's a mess. It's This is not a team that's set up to succeed. They are bad. They are truly bad. And getting those guys back, I don't think makes them better. I think it makes it worse. It's just, I mean... And also, I think you make it if Edwards is going to keep playing this well, he's better than Russell and Beasley. And like, I'd much rather have him shooting, but like, it's not like Russell is going to stop shooting. It's not like Russell is going to play defense either. Um, and these guys are going to be taking shots away from Towns also. That's going to be, that's going to be a whole disaster projecting usage. So uh, at least for tonight, marginal interest in Carl Anthony Towns, marginal interest in Anthony Edwards, because I'm interested in how well he's playing as of late. And tail end of a back-to-back not too worried about him being a young rookie i think we're still going to see full minutes from him he is just playing out of his mind right now and the usage is so high and the playing time uh that i'm willing to go to him even though it's a tough matchup uh anthony edwards last night uh 40 usage rate played 38 minutes he has a usage rate over 30 percent now in seven or eight consecutive games and he's playing like 38 minutes per night so uh i mean that kind of volume is going to draw me towards edwards yeah, uh, 36% usage or whatever at league average efficiency. I'll take that. I'm going right back to Phoenix, though. Uh, Chris Paul picking up a bunch of ownership at 6,900 on FanDuel. I agree with it. But Paul, Booker, Ayton, Bridges, even Crowder to a lesser extent. For the most part, I'm in on all of these guys. I prefer Booker more than all of them, uh, but it's pretty close. Ayton is a guy that I don't think I want to get to too much on FanDuel, but I'm still cool with it at 6K. I just think Phoenix uh, takes out the – takes out their frustrations from yesterday tonight yeah uh it was pretty disappointing loss especially uh somebody like myself who's invested in phoenix sun's futures i would have preferred them to not lose to the uh to minnesota timberwolves but i agree with you deandre ayton a little bit too cheap on fandle and DraftKings. who's somebody i was on last night and didn't have a good game but a lot of it was due to foul trouble he picked up i think it was two fouls like four minutes into the game or five minutes into the game he found himself on the bench really quickly uh, and that led to him only ended up playing 26 minutes and fouled out in those 26 minutes. So uh, I expect more normal minutes from Aiden. Hopefully he's able to keep himself away from fouling Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, he's just somebody who's like 
five to six hundred dollars too cheap on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, Chris Paul also too cheap on FanDuel, so willing to get to him. The Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, th- this is a team that's fairly easy to score fantasy points on. So uh, I think that there there is reason to roster these Suns guys, uh, and I don't think they're going to be resting anybody on the of a back to back. Even what should be a, a good game against uh, a game they should win easily against Minnesota because they lost yesterday. Booker as my favorite play on FanDuel, Anthony Edwards on DraftKings. Where do you stand? Uh, Chris Paul on FanDuel and Edwards on DraftKings. Closing it out, Dallas Mavericks at the Portland Trailblazers. Mavs three-and-a-half-point favorites. Mavs are going to be without Willie Cauley-Stein, Dorian Finney-Smith, and James Johnson. I don't have a ton that I like here. Uh, Luca and Porzingis, clear top plays for me on both sites, uh, in particular on FanDuel. I have these guys as like 25 percenters. They're getting a lot of ownership. Maxi's minutes have been huge as of late. He's 3,800 on FanDuel, 4,200 on DK. I have some interest there. We've got Tim Hardaway Jr. projected for 28% ownership on both sites. That feels a tad high to me. Um, I gave him 30 minutes. Maybe I have to give him a little bit more, but to me, he's a bit overowned. Anything you're seeing from Dallas? Uh, no, so uh, something to mention about Tim Hardaway Jr. He started last game and ended up playing 37 yeah. minutes because Dorian Finney-Smith was out. I assume that he starts again. As long as that's the case, we have to assume big minutes for him after we saw yesterday. Uh, but yeah. the primary play is Luke as a pay-up option. Porzingis more so on FanDuel than DraftKings. And I agree with you uh, with uh, Maxi also on FanDuel uh, just because the price is so cheap. It's sub 4K, and it looks like the minutes are going to be there for him, uh, especially with no James Johnson, no Dorian Finney-Smith, no Willie Cauley-Stein. I kind of think that they're forced to play Maxi uh, fairly significant minutes. Yeah, I, I'm we're on the same page there. Uh, I think Luca Luca is my favorite payup option today, so I will be getting there quite a bit. I just think this matchup looks really nice against Portland. Two thirty four total. Uh, we started with a two thirty four total for Sacramento Boston, and that's how we're closing it out on the Portland side, though. Um, don't know if CJ McCollum is going to play or not today. We'll see what that sort of plan is moving forward. That could open up a little bit more, but I don't think that Portland looks all that great. If everybody is just in a little bit of Covington, a little bit of Lillard, a little bit of Cantor would be fine. Could have used a little bit more out of last night, Cantor, but line my pockets with money. I don't find Portland to be all that interesting. No one's getting ownership outside of Cantor at 7% on FanDuel. Close us out. Yeah, so going forward, I've mentioned this the last couple of slates. I have concerns about Damian Lillard's production relative to what his production was before with C.J. McCollum now back. C.J. McCollum's minutes trending up. C.J. McCollum is going to take away usage. He's going to take away uh, uh, overall just playmaking duties from Damian Lillard. So, I mean, like Lillard yesterday absolutely shot the lights out in the first quarter, and he ended up scoring 36 points, except he did nothing else. Damian Lillard, zero assists last night and seven turnovers. That is a pretty miserable playmaking, but it's also something we're going to see with, C- not to this extent, but with CJ McCollum in there, it's not just the usage that's likely to come down for Damian Lillard. It's going to be the assist totals because the ball isn't going to meet his hands uh, as often. Uh, the zero assist to seven turnovers. I never expect that to happen again. I don't think yeah. he's had a game with zero assists all season. And yeah. this is the first time he had a game with more than five turnovers, I believe. So uh, just all around weak game from Damian Lillard in that department. But uh, if, if CJ McCollum plays, I, I once again, don't think that Damian Lillard is, is good because he, uh, well, good as a play because his price is still so elevated. Luka Doncic and Luka Doncic. I agree. Any final thoughts on this slate before we get out of here? Watch the college basketball pregame show. Cause uh, everybody's going to be interested in the tournament this week. College basketball live before lock coming up in four minutes. We almost hit our mark 10 56 close enough 
That's 10 games in 55 minutes. I love it, guys. Good luck tonight, everybody. Have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. We're out of here. Go watch everything we do.